What's up, everybody? October 25th, 8.55, Sunday, after a loss. Not going to lie to you guys, I'm pretty bummed. We're all pretty bummed, but we're going to get chipper. We're going to have a good time with it. I'm excited, almost as excited as I am when I walk in to the Main Street Pharmacy, who is the sponsor of the Sons of Saturday. If you need a prescription, if you need Band-Aids, if you need Kleenex tissues for the performance that we just saw on Saturday, head on down to Main Street Pharmacy. Our guy, Dr. Laura Jeremy Counts, will take care of you. He will treat you like family. He treats you like a neighbor, not a number. Main Street Pharmacy, shout out to you all. So, yeah, that was not fun by any stretch of the imagination. Virginia Tech goes to... Winston Salem with a hyphen. I always forget the hyphen. I, I instead of misspelling it, I just forget the hyphen. You also <laughs> he also spelled Forest with two with R's. Two R's. Forest uh, goes to Winston Salem to play Wake Forest and uh, drops it twenty three to sixteen in a pretty disappointing fashion across the board. And we're here to talk about it. No spins of Saturday here. Uh, we'll be breaking down the game here. But Pat, as we do always, please share our hokey haiku. Man, love this haiku. It was submitted by my guy, Grayson Wimbish, out of, from the 804. He says, that was really bad. Lots to learn from yesterday. Louisville next week. Okay, thank you. Um, so... <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah. So, uh, I'm in Charlotte. Billy Ray is back in Atlanta. Grayson is out west on the West Coast. But where did we watch the uh, the Partido, the game, yesterday? Grayson, you start. As always, this season, the West Coast sons and daughters are chilling at O'Brien's Santa Monica. Uh, had a pretty decent crowd yesterday. A lot of people out of town yesterday. So it, definitely not the turnout we had last weekend for Boston College, but – Still a sizable crowd. Uh, we had – guys, this is a big development. We had the bartenders and the owner of O'Brien's wearing Virginia Tech attire. I, 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 I think we've officially made it. So, shout out to Willie. Because he, he was wearing a Virginia Tech shirt. Got to so get them in sun stuff. Got to get them in some sun stuff. They'll be like, what is that? Where, <laughs> what, what is that? But uh, had, a, had, a, had a good turnout there at O'Brien's. Bill, where were you at, man? Yeah, so – I bet nobody would have guessed I was watching in Fairhope, Alabama. I did not know that this place existed until this past weekend. Um, shout out to Josh and now Patricia Crowdis, my cousin, tying the knot in Alabama um, right on the Gulf Shores. A beautiful little town. They got a Christmas bar um, about an hour and 30 minutes from Pensacola. Really, really nice, hot and humid, but also nice. Um, but no, I, uh, the wedding was at six o'clock central, which gave me a nice little wiggle room time. So I got all dressed, sat in the Airbnb by myself, watched being a guy on wedding day on wedding day is just great. You don't have to prepare. You just zip your pants up and, you know, put your belt on, you're ready to roll. Tying the tie is really the only hard part, but I watched it in Fairhope. Um, I, I can't say I enjoyed it, but that's where I watched it. So that's what I did. Pat, what, uh, what was your situation? Yeah, so it's a weird year. Uh, they don't let fans in to a lot of games. Some stadiums only let, you know, two, 3,000 fans in. State North Carolina, 7%. So if you do a little math here, I think Truist Field is somewhere over thirty to 35,000 fans, and they allow 2,000 or so people in. 
So when I get the the Instagram DM from Andrew Seibel, two weeks in a row, Seibel shout outs, he says, hey man, I don't know if you're trying to go to the game, but here's a link. Click on the link, Wake Forest ticket box. They got tickets for sale for the general public. So I hit up my guy Rieger, I hit up Dave Nowes, Tony Baloney. I say, guys, I know we got a tea time at Crowder's Mountain at 820. What are we thinking of zipping up to Winston-Salem following the game? So uh, we get out there, play a little bit of golf. Dave had a nice birdie on 18. And uh, we zip on up to Winston-Salem, jump into the Foothills Brewery. Uh, shout out to Faye, our waitress. She was great. And I'm at, I'm at the, uh, the Foothills Brewery, and I pull out my phone. I take the picture on untapped. And Welcome, welcome, the, welcome. <laughs> this is the second time I've ever doing an untapped review. Um, Billy's swears by it. Hashtag booze and bill. Give him a follow. Love it. I, I had a, uh, I'm not a beer guy. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am not a beer guy. I I ordered what, what Dave was drinking. It was like a foothill juicy something. Uh, I was pretty good. Took a picture, gave it a rating hashtag Pilsner Pat. And then it just tweets on my behalf. I was like, Hey, I I, I don't don't like that. You I don't remember giving you. I don't remember giving you guys permission to do this, but it's fine. Shows the people that I was, you know, out sipping on a new brew. But um, went into the game. The place is a lot like Lane Stadium. It's like a mini Lane Stadium. You got your East stands. You got your West stands. The sun is blaring on the East stands. The West stands are in the shade. You know, it, you could tell it was more so like the Wake Forest alums. We're over on the West Stands. They, you know, they don't have the North or South End Zone expansions because it's tiny. It's Wake Forest. Uh, the PA announcer, turn your mic down, man. It was absolutely abhorrent how loud this guy's microphone was, how loud the, um, the PA system in general was, but also the music. One, the music choice, but two, it was just so loud. They were playing all this head-banging music, and it was absolutely brutal headbanging music what is that what, what is that tiesto dude you know it's, like it's all like that Diplo. like you know like all that music that you shouldn't like, be listening blah, to blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. uh-huh that gets, like that gets old real fast turbulence and all that other stuff that you're just like okay um turn down the bit ba- turn down the bass please uh so that was terrible honestly um shout out beth barnes we met up at halftime saw that beth was there beth and amy and of course bobby gotta give shout outs there and then some fellow scribes of saturday some fellow scribes made the trip down uh student scribes uh folks from the vtsma program ryan wilkes joey robertson jackson did like great meeting you guys nice to meet up i gave him some sons of saturday stickers so if you were a student on campus listening Go find those guys and they'll get you hooked up with a sticker. But one last thing uh, about kind of like the watching experience. I just want to say that it's ridiculous that people have trouble finding a Virginia tech game. If you live in Charlotte or Virginia, or I've heard from multiple students that like the game was blacked out and you couldn't find it. We had the same issue with North Carolina. Like when the game's on a Fox sports network, it's hard to find sometimes. I don't understand that um cable television should be getting better it seems like we're moving in the opposite direction um but we had these absolute two buffoons on the call again i don't know if the acc network has been helping out fox sports with their t- uh, ha- talent hiring 
but you got you got uh, you know Clownface over here is go, is calling Coach Fuente Coach Fuentes. It's like, dude, I don't you know, I don't know if you got the scouting report or anything, but his name is definitely not Fuentes. Um, and he was just brutal, just homering for Wake the whole time. Um, but you know, if you had to be a fan of somebody on Saturday, Wake was probably the right choice. But whatever, broadcast wasn't great. Um, so that's my last point out. Sorry to interrupt, Pat. Now the uh, the PA announcer at the game kept calling Tremari Connor Kamari Connor the entire game. Um, so I guess we're just spoiled with Lace, a guy who just does his job, does his homework. Research. Yeah, does his homework. I guess we're just spoiled. Sorry, it's broadcasting one hundred and one. Get it together, like everybody. Fox Sports, the people down there at uh, in Winston Winston Salem. Like, come on now. Yeah, let's fix that. So. After this game, we sit at three and two. Both losses were on the road. First one to Carolina when we kind of were able to pick out what went wrong here. And this Wake Forest game kind of just came out of nowhere as far as the final score, 23 to uh, 16. We were so high on the Hokies scoring a ton of points uh, and coming out looking good. But we'll kick it off into this what did we like, what did we dislike segment brought to you by the hub blacksburg billy tell us about the hub yeah um you know we always talk about how the the the, the hub man they're going to give you the keys to the apartment we're going to give you the keys to the game we tried to give you the keys to the game on saturday unfortunately we uh left the keys on the countertop didn't have the keys but today we're going to talk about what we like and what we dislike I really like the hub. It's as simple as that. They got jacuzzis. They got great pools. They're working together with us. We're doing some handouts. We're doing some collaborations. Uh, we got a video going out tomorrow. We'll have one of our student scribes, Lauren, talking to you all about the specials that are going on. That is really exciting. So check our Twitter and Instagram feed for that tomorrow. Um, And aside from that, let's just dive right into this. What did we like on Saturday? The list is not long. But Grayson, I'll let you uh, let you kick it off. First, we'll start on offense, Bill. Uh, obviously, you know it's tight ends day today, boys. Don't know if you guys knew that National Tight Ends Day. I'm not. That's that's a thing. I'm right. being so, being so serious. It's even you check uh, Hokies FB Instagram and they're celebrating. So I was gonna say, don't like that. What 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 I liked? Don't like James that. Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> James Mitchell. Uh, from my end, that's, that's about it. And, and, and and I'll say this to, to the Hokie fans, enjoy the pride of big stone gap y'all, because I think he's on to bigger and better things next year. Uh, I love a football player. So he had a great game, had our only touchdown yesterday, Bill. Yeah. James Mitchell targeted six times, three receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown along of 39. He was again, dominant. And you know, what's really his, his ability to – he had a rough first quarter. He had like a rough first like 15, 20 minutes, uh, especially blocking the ball. And he was – on it blocking, he was putting a couple of interesting predicaments. Uh, I don't know if it was scheme or just lineup, but uh, they had him on Boogie Basham a few times. But he was able to move past that. He was much better blocking in the second half uh, and made some game-breaking plays. And quite frankly, it was one of the reasons we were only in the game. Um, so, yeah, James Mitchell was fantastic. You know, I mean, if you just look at certain statistics, we had a pretty productive day. Uh, we had 433 yards, 210 on the ground. 
little uncharacteristic how he got there, though. Uh, Hendon Hooker ran the ball 17 times. He was our leading rusher with 98 yards, averaged 5.8 a carry. Khalil Herbert was held in check, mostly because Wake Forest pretty much just said, hey, you're not you're not going to run over, all over us with Khalil Herbert. Uh, and to their credit, they, they had a great scheme, uh, held him to 64 yards on 14 carries uh, for 4.6 yards a touch. Um, then you had Raheem Blackshear, 11 carries for 34 and, uh, Oscar Bradburn with, uh, one carry for 14 yards, setting the bar at 14 yards a carry. Um, but we were productive. Um, but again, we'll talk about kind of my qualms with the offense and there is a lot coming up here in a little bit. And then I guess my other one is, you know, this wasn't the best game by the offensive line. They did a good job blocking down the field. I'm kind of like searching to find something I like and Grayson, you can kind of talk about this here. This is the, the reason this loss. Is, there's one reason why this loss is so disappointing. And um, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what you told me when we got on here? Yeah, Bill, I know before we, we got on here and we pressed record, I uh, had expressed you and Pat, I guess the unfortunate thing about this game is there, uh, there aren't too many positives to take away on, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of yards, but we didn't score a lot of points. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll try and carry on the positive side here for a little, a little bit longer. What we liked on the defense, we'll move right into that. Me personally, Dorian Strong's development, man, he's had to step up in a big way due to Jermaine Waller being out. And uh, I think he's really started to find his rhythm at the position. And I think in about one year's time, you're going to hear his name a lot. I think he's going to be a star. Uh, so I'm really excited about him. I'm also really excited about Amari Barnos to Nasty. He moved from linebacker to defensive line in the offseason, and he's been really, really explosive at the position. He has a motor, very, very quick on his feet, swarms to the ball. So excited to see those two young guys uh, come up in this come up in this defense. Bill, do you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the defense wasn't great, obviously. But, like, let's just be clear here. Like, the defense is not – the biggest reason that we lost this football game um, to me, I actually saw some good things out of the defense yesterday. We held Wake Forest, their second lowest score of the season. The defense made stops when we needed to make stops, especially in the second half. I mean, we held them to six points in two and a half quarters after they went up 17 to 10, they scored six points the rest of the ball game. Um, again, bowed up when they needed to. And we held them to 110 yards passing, which again was their lowest total. Um, I think my frustration was obviously that 17 play 75 yard drive. That was just embarrassing. Like it is not something that you typically see, you know, in decades watching Virginia tech, it was just, uh, we looked soft, we looked tired. Um, and you cap it off with the play where you got four or five hats on the running back and the running back just plows on through and, and scores. And that's, that's just effort. And that's just want to. Um, and on that specific drive, we showed none of that. Um, when we get into some of the stuff we didn't like, you know, just the, just, just mental mistakes and drive continuing penalties were just killing us. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if you look back and, you know, we talk about this game and kind of how we broke it down. If you told me Wake Forest was going to score 23 points, you tell me Wake Forest is going to score six points in the second half. I'm feeling pretty good about where we stand at that point. Um, so super frustrating, obviously, but uh, you know, that I just want to make sure that everybody understands the defense, in my opinion, is is on the long list of reasons we lost this game. I don't see the defense being one of those large reasons. 
Bill, you and I will talk about uh, talk about that in a second because I'm not sure I necessarily agree with you. Um, but before we get into that, we'll we'll wrap up this segment. What we liked: special teams. That fake that fake punt call, boys, was gutsy, but it paid off. Shows that the coaches trust Oscar Bradburn to make a play uh, like that, even in dire straits. 14 yard carry. Love that. Love the design of the play. Uh, so. You know, that's not something you can break out all the time, but I didn't hate it. That was on that was on the tail end of three of hang on. I'm thinking it was a three and out. I don't think it was a three and out. I think we had picked up like one first down. That was on the tail end, or what looked to be the tail end of a very disappointing drive. And seeing that fake punt and seeing those lead blockers for Oscar, uh, it was pretty great. I have never seen someone so fired up after a successful play than Terrell Smith right there. He was so excited after that, uh, that conversion. Uh, so that was definitely one of the, unfortunately one of the highlights of the day uh, was the conversion there. Yeah. Again, I'm not used to being Mr. Negativity, but you know, this came at with nine fifty eight left in the third quarter, a great run by Oscar Bradburn. And again, like, I can't say it enough. Like coach Sheebus is a fantastic special teams coordinator and he just does a masterful job. Um, and it was a, it was a great play call at the time um, with nine fifty eight left in the third, pick up the first down, you know, 16 yard gain, got the ball on your own 43, you're driving, you got to go make a play. Um, and then two short play, three short plays later, we, uh, we throw an interception. Um, it's just, uh, there was no way to just keep continuing that momentum and get that synergy. Uh, and that was a huge problem has been a huge problem all year and continues to be an issue. So, um, I guess we can just dive into what we, uh, what we don't like this list will be a little longer. Uh, we'll start off right here, uh, with the offense, Pat, talk to me about what you didn't like. And then you and I have a, have a little debate here coming up before I give mine. Slow starts. Here we go again. Say we need to come out scoring. We need to come out hot. And after that first quarter, another scoreless first quarter, we are averaging five points a game in the first quarter. You can't you can't play the entire game playing catch-up. We were lucky that Wake Forest wasn't able to have uh, more than a 10-point lead on us at any point in the game. But it was pretty discouraging. Um, holistically speaking... We could run the ball, but we could not run the ball. We couldn't pound it down their throats like we'd been doing all year to every other defense we faced. I mean, Herbert would get his five-yard chunk here and there, five-yard chunk runs. But you know, once we got into that red zone, the east-west runs that we would go with Blackshear were a disaster, and we couldn't get any blocking coming on the outside. Um, if you want to talk stati- statistically speaking, Billy kind of – noted this it doesn't look on paper this was not a bad game for the offense which just makes you completely scratch your head uh we had 28 first downs we won the time of possession battle but those three turnovers will really get after you and then third down uh after we played unc uh, we discussed how important it was to Make sure that those third down plays were third and two, third and three, third and four, not third and eight, not third and nine. And we are really struggling to get those third and short plays. Um, 
Against NC State, two for nine on third down. At Duke, seven of 15, so still less than 50%. At Carolina, six of 14 on third down. And against Boston College, three of nine on third down. And it was no different uh, this week as well. We go five of 16 on third down. And I want to parlay that here into a Diablo fan account tweet or a, a thread that I saw last night after the game that definitely uh, gets it a little more granular here. He says the biggest stat for me in evaluating Virginia Tech's offense is the discrepancy in success rate between standard downs and passing downs. If you don't know, passing downs are second and eight plus third and five plus or fourth and fifth plus basically any down where offense is in an obvious passing situation. And then everything else is a standard down. So coming into the game yesterday, our success rate on standard downs, so these you know closer downs that only require three or four yards, was fifth best in the country. Our success rate on passing downs is 67th, and that is a 31% drop-off, which is the second in the FBS. Um, basically, if you get Virginia Tech in an obvious passing situation, we are going to fold, and that's what happened tonight. We could not run the ball. And we got forced to throw and we failed miserably. Why is this? Probably a combo of inaccurate quarterback, poor pass protection from the offensive line, lack of wide receiver separation, and or simple passing schemes. Either way, Wake exposed the flaws in this offense. Not sure how I see it improving over the course of the year. Um, but what, what are you, what are your immediate takeaways from that, Billy? Yeah, that's a great tweet. I actually I hadn't heard of it until right now. Um but always good content coming from over there from a uh, entertainment perspective and a analytical perspective. I would say that that drop off is very similar to what we saw against North Carolina, where Wake Forest basically said, "Look, we're going to stack this box, and you're going to ha- you're going to have to throw the ball on us." And our inability to get anything going in the run game really exposed that. And it's one of my things that I don't like about the offense. And I've talked about this before and we just haven't done anything to fix it. We do not have the ability to create separation at the wide receiver position. Um, the loss of Jaden Payute, regardless of how good he was in, uh, in summer practice uh, and all the reviews were good has really hurt us. Uh, the departure of Damon Hazleton has really hurt us. Um, the, you know, and you can see it like Trey Turner is not hundred percent. Trey Turner is banged up. Uh, him not being as effective has really hurt us. And it's put positions, it's put other teams in positions where we saw it against UNC. It was a lot of press man this week. They played off, but they were in man coverage a lot. Uh, we really didn't have the ability to exploit some of those mismatches or exploit those opportunities is a better way to say it. If I'm a wide receiver, you know, you got to find a way to get open. You got to find a way to make plays. Uh, And we just did not have the ability to do that. Yeah. We weren't able to get separation on the edge. We couldn't run the ball. What I thought was an interesting statistic is that we had 28 first downs yesterday, which is actually the highest amount of first downs we have had all season long. And Billy's going to talk about not finishing later on, but I thought that was interesting. Um, And then we have to address this fourth down. Fourth and one, we're on our own 46. First drive of the game. 
And we had picked up a few first downs prior to this. And the punt team comes out on fourth and one. Oscar pins him inside of the 10. One of his better punts all year. But my issue with this, and Billy's going to zag, is that if we're so high and so confident in this offense, and we have so much more confidence in the offense than the defense, then why are we setting the tone to punt when it's fourth and one at the beginning of the game, knowing that our offense should be scoring a ton of points. We just picked up a few first downs. It's time to get into the rhythm and pulling them off the field says, I'm not confident in you guys are picking up one yard. Just give me your zag. Let me know what you think. I, I know it's hard to play Monday morning quarter, quarterback here, but this is one of the decisions by the co- coaching staff that I did not agree with. Yeah. I mean, there are things that I disagreed with on Saturday. This is not one of them. Like I like that is a hundred percent the right thing to do. You're on the road. You're literally two minutes into the ball game. You have the ball in your own 46. You're playing against a team who scores a bunch of points. You saw what happened uh, against UVA where they jump out with a lead. Again, it's easy to look back and say, damn, like we only scored 16 points. This was one of the opportunities, but this wasn't one of those games where it was like one of those precious opportunities where we finally got the ball. I mean, we had plenty of chances in the red zone to convert. Uh, Your first drive of the game on the road playing against an underdog you're not, you don't go for it on fourth and one. I don't care how confident you are in your running game. I don't care how confident you are in your offense. Um, we shouldn't be so scared to send our defense out there that we're going for it on the first drive. Um, that's just, it, it wouldn't have been sound football. And again, it worked out like, you know, you have, you have a great, you have a really good punter who, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't had the year that he had last year so far, but that was again, one of his best punts. You pin Wake Forest inside their eight yard line. You got the chance to deep for the defense to go out. Um, and Wake Forest has a 92 yard drive to take a seven, nothing uh, lead. That's unfortunate, but punting the ball on your own 46 on the first drive, uh, a minute into the football game is hundred percent the right thing to do. Um, and you know, you just don't anticipate your defense going ahead and doing that. And, um, you know, from a Monday morning quarterback perspective, I would hear that argument more in like a parallel universe if Wake Forest had just not let us get over the 50. But there were too many times where our offense had the ball on their in their red zone and we did not get the job done. Um, again, we put up great numbers, put up a bunch of first downs. We just didn't get the ball in the end zone. Um, so that's kind of my take on that. And then, Bill, what else were your uh... – Initial thoughts after this game of what you did not like from the offense. Yeah, it's just the rhythm. Like we said this all year, um, first and foremost, and that starts with like, this was such an uncharacteristic Hendon Hooker football game. Like Hendon Hooker, I've always said really, really just cool customer. You mentioned it already, Pat, and I know Grayson, you're going to expand on this. Hendon Hooker had three interceptions, one of which wasn't really his fault. Uh, tips off the hands of Caleb Smith. I'm going to be honest. I didn't love that play call uh, going over the middle there with the amount of time that you have left. Um, I don't think there's a way that he scores. I would probably would have gone something to the sideline or uh, something along those lines. Um, but regardless, it was a good enough ball to be caught. Uh, we did it and you leave three points on the board. We ended up leaving nine points on the field um, with, uh, with the two missed kicks. Uh, uncharacteristic game from Brian Johnson. And then that turnover there. 
Um, so that was bad. But then talking again about uncharacteristic, we gave up three sacks yesterday. Hendon Hooker was sacked three times. It just constantly seems like this offense, we have a clear identity. We're a run-the-ball football team, but you can't be a run-trick pony. Like You have to find a way to get something else going when that's not working out. I also want to say, like, and I'm going to catch heat for this, but my challenge to folks is, and, and I'll answer people who do this, if you have like a, a, a coaching philosophy problem, and you have like a, I want to see us do this or exploit this difference or attack this part of their defense, or I identified a weakness here. I'll hear you out. I really will. Um, but just to kind of look at a final score and then be like, Oh, it's the coach's fault. That's why we scored 16 points. A coach's job, whether you're on offense or defense is to put players in positions to make plays. And at the end of the day, football, it's about executing. Uh, you have to execute. And I thought there were plenty of times on Saturday where we just didn't execute. Um, you know, schematically, some of the plays that were great, we ran the pop pass to Raheem Blackshear. Maybe if you hold on for another second, I'm actually the Wake Forest uh, defender did a great job playing that well. That's a hard play to read because you think Blackshear is going to take you on as a block. Well, yeah. And then we we ran that to Terrius Wheatley last year. I think we that ran- was one of the. I think that was the only time we ran the pop pass last year uh, was yeah. against Wake Forest. Yeah. And uh, I know we ran it to uh, Sam Rogers a few times as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was a great play. We had the play and, and Pat, we were talking about it before the game uh, or before the podcast where Hen and Hooker went off the right side and he's one-on-one your right tackle gets a little bit more of that defender. Hen and Hooker's Hen and Hooker could backpedal into the end zone if you wanted. I mean, I, you got a good view of it from where you were at. There were several plays that either the right tackle or the left tackle just, was missing their their read or just just couldn't get enough where like uh 45 Nick Anderson would just pop around and just get his arm out and bring our guy down that happened a few times there where we could have burst out for big plays but it just didn't happen yeah and then uh you know the uh the other one where they have the phantom uh substitution timeout deal where that's a touchdown to Trey Turner so I think my issue with the coat with the schematical attack um, probably would have been, I would have loved to see James Mitchell get targeted a little bit more. Uh, It's hard to say, I want to get Trey Turner more involved because again, I don't know what Trey Turner has from a health perspective. Um, So I don't really know what to say on that. Uh, And I didn't love the East and West. Uh, I think that the jet sweep stuff is great in the red zone. Like that's where it's the most successful. Uh, and we hadn't done it that much until this past week uh, in, in between in between the 20s, uh, per se, and in between the 40s, per se. It just, it, it just, it just doesn't work out. Uh, I'd like to see our guys getting out in this space. So that was another problem that I had. And then again, spoke about it earlier, we really missed the ability of being able to make plays down the field. Like we cannot allow teams to load the box and not make them pay for it outside of James Mitchell. We have to find a way to make plays down the field. We have, I'm not going to say we have a loaded wide receiver room from depth. Uh, I know we got some guys that are still that are banged up or out or, or learning the, the the playbook, but you just, you cannot allow that. You, you just can't say if we can't run the ball, then we're just not going to be able to do anything. And UNC and Wake Forest 
have both really exposed that. And that's going to be the formula from now on. If you don't think Louisville is going to come out and play that way, if you don't think Liberty is going to come out and play that way, if you don't think that Miami's going to come out and play that way, that's going to be the formula until we prove otherwise. And I said in the last podcast, like, I don't think we're a good passing team. We have not done anything to prove me otherwise. And I hope we do prove me otherwise, but um, you know, they took the run run game away. I don't want to take away anything from coach Clawson. He did a great job scheming us up and, they won the damn ball game. So, Grayson, take us home with uh, what you didn't like from D, uh, from the offense. Yeah, I got a little bit of a tirade here. I know y'all just had a nice debate. I, I, I love I love that from from all of us. I mean, I can tell that everyone here is you know we're we're frustrated about what happened yesterday. It's it's very apparent, uh, and I need to be careful what I wish for because last week I said I wanted the office offense to air it out more against a air quote less talented or so we thought team so we'd be ready for more dynamic games against teams like Miami or Clemson or even Louisville and I swear coach Fu and his and his staff must have listened to that episode because because <laughs> in all fairness that's exactly what the offense tried to do yesterday well, we had no option we had I mean, no, that, like we yeah. had no option you get out there and obviously you want to establish the run with Blackshear you want to establish the run with Herbert uh, you want to get out there and run the ball, but if you're getting eight in the box, you 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 have no you have to throw the ball. And we, and again, we went over the uh, what was it seventeen and a half? We guessed for the over under on passing. We went way past that. Um, you know, we were left with we were left with no option. Well, I was going to say the the bad news is is it it didn't work well and it didn't look good. You know, Hendon Hooker, God bless him, love him. He was off all day long, with the exception of that James Mitchell touchdown. I don't know. He just didn't have that usual self-confidence, that usual swagger that he has. I mean, he would make one read and then dart, like just dart over the middle. Now, to to his credit, his receivers weren't getting any separation. So, you know, it's it's kind of a double whammy there. And he throws three interceptions to a walk-on. Like, why, why do we give those kinds of kids, like the walk-on on the other team, career days? Why is that us? Uh, I, I just, I just, I hate that for, for Hooker. But to be fair to Hooker, you know, yeah, I, I think he's going to be all right going forward. He's the guy, anyone who's like, yo, what's his deal? Like, put, put Burmeister in. I'm sick of Hooker. It's like, y'all were the same ones a couple of weeks ago saying, dude, dude I- like, I, I don't, I don't, oh I don't God. get it. He'll be fine. He just, he just had a very, he didn't have a good day yesterday. It is what it is. Another thing. I'm not a coach. I'm not a football coach. I don't pretend to be, but this whole clock management when time is against us. And this isn't just like a coach Fuente and his staff era thing. Let me be clear here. This has plagued Virginia tech for a long time. I don't really understand to be fair, why we're calling QB draws with 45 seconds left before halftime that shoot 10 seconds off the clock like that, that, that hurry up offense was working and we're making throws to Trey Turner and we're marching down the field. And I'm thinking for a second, Oh my gosh, we're going to do it. And then I think maybe, I don't know if you guys can remember, there was like a flag. There was something that happened that just the wheels fell off and that was it. And we were out of time. It was too late. Also to, to piggyback off of that at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, we're down by two scores why are we running the football with six minutes left? It's one thing if you want to run and get out of bounds, but 
we weren't even doing that. We were out there running the football like we had all day to come back. It's like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna double down on that. Like I, I, I agree with you. I didn't love. Let's talk about halftime first. I've said this multiple times. A lot of people like to say we're we're super conservative uh, at halftime. That's not necessarily true. Um, the way that we have since this regime has taken over approached halftime is you got to watch the first two plays. If you have over 45 seconds, typically you're going to run one or two plays and based upon how that goes, then you're going to dictate if you're going to attack. Whereas if you're in, if you're in second and like 15 with 45 seconds left, you're not going to air it out twice and give the other team the ball back. You're just not going to do it. But that first down play, if you give it, if you run a quarterback draw or you run a screen and you get 10 or 15, you saw it on Saturday, then it's like, all right, let's go. Let's attack. Let's attack. Uh, and you put yourself in a position. We should have came away with three points at, at the at the bottom, bottom base. Bare minimum. minimum. Agreed. And it didn't happen. Um, and then at the end of the game, I agree. There were there were some questionable things there with, with just continuing to run the ball. But again, Grayson, it's it's taken what I hate to say taken what what they give you because you're you're supposed to dictate it, but when you're when you're down two scores, um, they basically if our wide receivers are incapable of getting separation, uh, and again Trey Turner's banged up, all you know is that defense is going to key in on James Mitchell. Um, if you're able to move the ball and you're able to 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 get momentum by running the ball, then that's what you have to do. Um, I so, think at least at least from my perspective, it's like. You know, I'd rather see him try to throw it than run. There were a couple times. There were a couple times, though, Grayson, like that. I that that where we're like getting the play call in, and there wasn't like a a sense of urgency. None getting lined up or getting set. And it's stamp. Like, it's like, do you guys like chop, 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 suey, baby? And it kind of goes. We haven't even talked about this yet. We just looked flat, like on both sides of the ball the entire game and i was listening to lays um because uh at the end of the fourth quarter he was uh he was alluding to to 2016 syracuse and just not something just doesn't look right and that was this game and you know grayson you you rattled off you had a a long list that you tweeted out of 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 games and it's just it's it's really head scratching but the sense of urgency was my biggest thing with the clock management which is things that you would understand last year with a young football team. And again, this year is unique with guys not taking snaps. People, they, again, this is Hendon Hooker's technically his second game. Um, so, True. you know, but yeah, the sense of urgency thing was driving me crazy. I mean, I was yelling at my, t- I was yelling at my TV. I was yelling at Lays. I was yelling at burn up. Um, that was, that was frustrating. Last thing for me uh, from the offense, before we talk about the defense, the, you guys, both Bill and Pat alluded to this earlier, y'all, the red zone offense troubles, like what, what was the deal there? It, it, you know, our offense would get into the cadence that Bill had talked about. You know, we finally would would find a rhythm. Moving. Ball's moving. moving. And we get down to the, like, the, you know, the red zone's a 20-yard line, but we get, like, to, to 30-yard line, like, fi- 32, like, like, like field goal range, right? Yeah. And then it's the wheels just fall off the bus. We, we try the east-west stuff. And we're blown up in the backfield. Like there was one play where Raheem goes to the left short side of the field and just gets absolutely obliterated. 
But I think one of there are two safeties. or three guys in the backfield. It's not one guy making. Oh yeah, there's multiple heads in the in the backfield. Sw- swarm, they swarm. I mean, Wake Forest was ready for it, and we didn't adjust. So you have that to give kid, their defense props, man. That kid boozy, uh, boozy or boogie or boogie, <laughs> whatever his name was, Basham. That guy was everywhere. That kid's a player. Yeah, he was, uh, and, he was and an incredible story too um, about him, but. And it hurts even more. As you say, Grayson, it hurts even more when they're from Virginia. It uh, sucks, man. <laughs> it sucks. His dad was a hokey. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, that's a double whammy. That one really, really hurts. But guys, uh, we'll, we'll move into the defense here. What we didn't like. Bill, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to start this list with the run defense, right? Um, our defensive line continues to be out of gap. And it's something that the, uh, one of the few things that the reporter reporting people did, the commentators did on it was they mentioned a interview they did with Ashby. And he mentioned that, you know, a lot of times we're not in our gap. A lot of times he used the word excited or, you know, whatever word you want to use, we're just not a gap sound defense right now. Um, and that's why you continue to see, you know, there were a couple plays where the quarterback would, would, would just be, uh, would just um, be a little patient, follow his blocks, be able to make plays. That is a talented running back team, but teams continue to do what they want with the football and the run game. And we really just don't have an answer for it. And it comes down to our front seven and our front seven has just been not what we thought it would be uh, so far. The linebacking core Man, that was brutal to watch from the, from the linebacking core yesterday. Um, you know, wasn't one of Tisdale's best games. I thought Ashby probably played his best game of the season. But again, like it's just that 70, a 75-yard drive taking off seven and a half minutes. It was demoralizing. And, you know, just to be honest, like, again, we gave up 23 points. That's great. Um, you know, we, we made some really good adjustments in the second half. We have to get this front seven thing figured out. It just, it just it cannot continue to be a problem. Um, man, that has to get fixed, Pat. Yeah, I just I have a lot of concerns about the the front seven. Whether that's the linebacker play, just filling gaps, or just looking slow out there, looking slow and slightly overweight. Um, but and then from the defensive tackles, as far as that goes, like we are. Not even just this year, but looking forward, like TNT has their work cut out for them just as far as recruiting guys who are Tim Settle sized. You know, that is who we need there, clogging the middle. And these guys are just getting pushed out of the way. And it's it's up to um it's up to our linebacking core who just has not been able to stuff the hole. I mean, you go back, go Tackling. back and watch the game. Go back and watch how often Tisdale especially being a little bit underweight at this point, you cannot allow offensive linemen to without any problem, get up to the second level and get a hat on a hat with our linebackers. Cause it's a disaster and you can have Diablo back. You can have Chamari Connor back. You can have every, all of your tackling safeties back, but if you're going to allow the offensive line to get a hat on the hat in the second level, you have serious problems. Yeah. And then that, that doesn't even mention just like, and this was more so in the first half in the second half but just the tackling was just not good again tons of missed tackles yeah up and down the field guys just leading with their shoulder and just coming up they're whiffing they're just they're just missing 
Um, wrapping up is just w- whatever happened to wrapping up. It, on the, on the play where they on the play where they ran it. Uh, where no, they, don't don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. I literally ran it down our throats uh, after the contact on the six yard line. You're seeing guys run in there with their head down and just their arms like behind, like the one weird kid that runs out for recess first with his hands behind his back. Like they were just <laughs> running into the pile without doing anything. Um, it, it, it made it look like our guys, we had like three guys around the ball carrier and it looked like our guys were sweeping him into the end zone at one uh-huh, point. Uh-huh. It's the, the tackling absolutely has to improve. Uh, Grayson, this is... <laughs> I'm glad you took this because I probably would have been too mean if we went, if I went at this first, but I'll give you the first crack of this. This is, this is, this is my biggest issue. This, this one. And this one's bad. Y'all the Hokies had 10 penalties on Saturday that cost us 112 yards. That's the length of a football field plus 12 one offside. Thank one fit right just for for the you know sons and daughters who may not you know be know how long as 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 acclimated but uh, anyway one offside penalty one face mask one targeting call one unsportsmanlike conduct one illegal block one pass interference one unspecified personal foul two holding calls and a kick catch interference oh my gosh i'm running out of breath wait all. that kick catch that kick catch interference was just Weird, a little questionable though. was that was that was the ultimate sus penalty okay that was <laughs> ultimate sus penalty regardless yeah. regardless we we had that doesn't that doesn't take away from the nine other ones that we yeah. had yeah so on paper the defense is responsible for five six out of the ten penalties that we have guys that is so unbelievably inexcusable look I get it tensions are high but to throw a complete and utter temper tantrum after a targeting penalty not a good not a good look number five especially once you've already been thrown out of the game like dude get your helmet follow ryan schumann's the incredible hulk looking rear end into the (laughs) locker room get in there i don't care who you are i don't i don't care who gets that call just grab your helmet get out of the game yesterday was one of the least disciplined performances i have ever seen by a Virginia Tech football team. And y'all, I've seen a lot of Virginia Tech football in my day. And and, and to, to give Coach Fu his credit, he was pissed yeah. after the game. Dropped an $8 dollar sign as a result. Uh, I, and, and Bill, and you probably know about, you probably know more about this than I do. Are you scared for these boys in practice? It's not going to be, no, it is, it is not going to be a fun it probably hasn't been a fun 24 hours already. Um, it's, it was, it was really, really frustrating. Um, especially the personal fouls. I mean, yeah, I, I love Hewitt. Um, he's out, he's out for the first half of next week because of the targeting call. Um, I, I I'm going to be honest. I have a, I really, I had a serious problem. I tweeted as soon as it happened. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Like, are you supposed to like, Herman Munster, like lay yourself down softly on top of him or, or whatever. Um, so I, I, you know, the, the targeting call is what it is, but at the same standpoint, like you add insult to injury, you tack 15 yards on top of that with the, with the helmet spike. And then the Norell Pollard thing, I have not been that angry in a, in a button up shirt and a suit probably ever. Uh, it was literally right before I was leaving uh, to go to the wedding and, 
the Pollard makes a great play. You know, you're, you're setting up the Wake Forest to take a 42 yard field goal, got some momentum there. And just a completely stupid, stupid decision. There's no other way to say it. Instead of a 42 yard field goal, you know, thank goodness they will thank goodness. It doesn't really matter, but at the moment, thank goodness, because they didn't end up scoring a touchdown, but Instead of kicking a 42-yard field goal, you're kicking a 28-yard field goal. Uh, it's more time off the clock, and there's just no reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it, especially with how well that defense was playing in the second half from behind all game. I mean, we put so much pressure on the defense, and I have to give them credit for the second half. The defense did their job in the second half. Um, you just cannot allow that. The drive-continuing penalties cannot occur especially from this standpoint, which people don't think about when the Wake Forest offense goes on a 70, uh, 75 yard, 17 yard drive. We just do not have the depth on defense to play for that long. We are missing Cunningham. We are missing Garbutt. We do not have the depth. Uh, you see it. Like when you see us substitute for D line, you see the whole unit comes back in because we're rotating four and we're rotating four because we can't just pick and choose. Like, yeah. And Belmar, I mean, Belmar missed essentially the whole, at least 80% of the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they go on these long drives or when you extend the, or you extend the drive where you're in a position to get the team off the field and let the offense get on and they give the defense a blow. Like you just get, you cannot do that. I agree, man. I mean, and, and, and that's, that's been another thing that's kind of plagued our defense is, is careless errors like that stupid, dumb mental pen- penalties that extend drives like that. And what's we, annoying is it's not, that's not this, like uh, this, this is like, it, I'm not going to say it's coach speak. People are going to call it coach speak. It's not the team. Like that's not Jerry. Oh Hayden. yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's not what this football team has stood for, but every year we have a game where this happens. Um, and to be fair, we have been very transparent about this whole thing. The only bright side is I hope this is that wake up turn a corner game because there is a lot to learn. There's not a lot to kind of look at as like, you know, bright spot. Yeah. But there is plenty to learn from. And again, as our friend Mike McDaniel tweeted, you are going to learn a lot about this team coming up here against Louisville. And I know you're going to talk about that, Grayson. First off, you know, kudos to Wake Forest for studying their film. I, I I said that earlier because they ran it down our throats, just like UNC did. And they they somewhere along the way in their prep for this game, they came to the same realization that we wouldn't be able to stop them on the ground, and we couldn't. Thank God, God they punted it when they were on their forty-seven. Like that yeah. was the best thing that happened for us was when they trotted their team, their punt team out. They had their ball on their own 47 fourth and one. And I'm like, I literally said, I was like, they're going to go for it and the game's going to be over. And they punted it. And I was like, Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, there was, there was, I, I, I think the, the game defining play on defense. I don't know if y'all remember this one. They, they being wait for us. They start running to the left and they're running back. Couldn't even tell you who it was. Don't care. Hits the hole probably goes for a 20-yard gain, and, and you're thinking, you see Divine Diablo, and he's coming around the corner, and if he if he hits that gap, he's popping him. He blows him up. Diablo runs right into one of their wide receivers and just takes the block, like, just gets put on his ass. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? 
what are you doing? Like, where are you, man? Come on. He's right there. Wrong guy. So that, that was very frustrating. Second thing, we alluded to this a little bit earlier, that goal line touchdown right before the half, I'm sorry, y'all, was one of the sorriest defensive efforts I have seen in a hot minute. I've talked about bumper car tackling these past couple of weeks. You've probably seen it on my Twitter page. We let their running back, Kenneth Walker III, carry half of our, basically our front seven into the end zone. Next, Next time, next time, finish the play. The whistle had not blown, wasn't even close. We had him wrapped up there for a second. It's going to be on the teach tape. But I mean, gotta, they watched it this morning. Yeah. You gotta put him down. Like yeah. it's all, it's all fun and games. Forget That's a pride thing, man. Like you, like that, that just can't, that just can't be. That can't it just, happen. it can't, it can't. With that in mind, before we get into special teams, guys, here's the bad news going forward into the next, into the next game that we have against the Louisville Cardinals. Louisville, has a very, very strong run game. It is a what Pat would call a problem. Javian Hawkins rushed for 174 yards and three touchdowns against the Florida State Seminoles this past weekend. He is their starting running back. And guess who scares me the most next Saturday? Guess who is the spookiest? The person that we should be the most afraid of on Halloween. I'm going to say it, Javian freaking <laughs> Hawkins. If you think, if you think that Louisville will be a cakewalk because of what their record says, you are out of your Just mind. Just look at last week. You Just are week. out of your exactly, exactly. It's no different. We should be extremely concerned about next week's game. It is. It's going to be. A, it's going to be a battle. I have too many things to cons- be concerned with, like rent is due in a few days. I, there, our concern is going to do nothing to to help us out there. But we're in, like, again, this is this is this is it. Like, you know, bow up. If we're the football team that I hope we are, and I think that we are, need to handle business next week. But it it is a hundred percent going to be a challenge. Um, and then moving forward here things that we disliked from special teams i'll start this one you know i gotta give brian johnson a pass because of how consistent he was for like 17 field goals in a row but brian johnson missing two field goals doesn't exactly sweeten my tea if you know what i'm saying uh i get it they were long field goals but we needed them you 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 have those six points and and it, it might be a different ball game so uh you know, you you definitely hate to see that, Bill or Pat. Anything else to add here? Yeah, an uncharacteristic game from Brian Johnson for sure. Um, I would just say, look, I've defended him a lot this year. Um, why are we fair catching the ball on the two yard line? Why are we doing that? We got completely bailed out by uh, the completely bonehead move uh, to just obliterate him. I'm glad he didn't get hurt uh on the fair catch call um but you know let's not fair catch the ball on the two ever um that was my gripe with special teams all right let's move into some happier thoughts here fellas um, <laughs> yeah that was that was tough that was uh, tough. dude sat- i'm sorry saturday was tough i don't got uh, <laughs> 
Saturday was tough too. I mean, that was a tough segment. I just, I just listened to. Oh man, I, I, I abstained after I, I gave my thoughts on the offense, and I was like, all right, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, Pride, Joyd, and Foo Crew awards presented to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. I'm gonna say our friends. I'm gonna double down on our friends at Home Field Apparel. <laughs> Can we talk about Home Field Apparel because Home Field was started by my man Connor. He's a University of Indiana grad. That's right. He is huge a win. You huge know who win. the Hoosier, You know who the Hoosiers beat on on uh, on Saturday? Who they beat? Penn State. They beat Penn State. Hate to see it. Listen, listen I I just don't like Penn State. I don't like them. <laughs> you know why we don't like them? Um, actually, Devin Ford was the guy who scored the touchdown. That if he would have just you know fallen down, they could have ran out the clock. But he he scored the touchdown. Indiana goes down, ties the game up. You get overtime, and boom, Hoosiers win. Can but this is not. Can I be honest, dude? The whole fall down thing drives me nuts. Like, I'm sorry, nobody is that. Pat Pat Finn. If you're running for a touchdown, your head is not going. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna meander on down and take a little nap. Dude. Dude, that is coaching 101. You, there's a buck 24 on the clock. You're up one point. If you score a touchdown, it's still a one possession game, and Indiana gets the ball back. Why are you scoring a touchdown? I don't know, man. I don't know. Either way, shout out, shout out Jimmy Chitwood. Go Hoosiers. Anywho, <laughs> any whomst. Uh, yeah, big shout out to Home Field, Home Field Advantage, Sons of Home Field. Uh, they are an apparel company, homefieldapparel.com. Go check out their Virginia Tech collection. They're really excited. I'm sure their Indiana collection is blowing up right now. But um, they have the vintage, the sons of everything vintage on home field. You got your Fighting Gobbler logo. You got the Mean Gobbler logo. You got the TV logo. Anything vintage, Skipper Cannon, shout out Homer Hickam. It's on there, the Virginia Tech collection. Use promo code SONSOFSAT. For 20% off your order. That is sons of sat. 20% off your order. Go check it out. Very, very, very magical cotton as well. Uh, I'm wearing a home field shirt as we speak. So go on and check them out. Pride, Joy, and Foo Crew. Pride Award goes to the defense. I liked both Shamari Connor or Kamari Connor, according to the Wake Forest PA announcer, and Amari Bonner or Barno. So Shamari and Amari. I think both uh, both highlighted the defense uh, on Saturday. Billy Ray, can you tell us about your Joy Award? Uh, well, I'm just going to double down on pride. Um, I'm going to be like, to be completely honest here, Amari Bono has been the best front seven player that we've had all year. He's playing out of position. He's the biggest guy in the defense. Um, he steps up and makes plays. Again, he's not been playing this position very long. I'm excited to watch him continue to get better. But Amari Barno has been a huge, huge bright spot uh, for the defense week in and week out. And he's getting better. You're watching him get better each week. Uh, Joy, this was by far um, Oscar Bradburn's best game of the year so far. Um, you know, fourth down conversion aside, um, where he got to stretch the legs out. I got to tell you, I was so excited to tweet out the the kangaroo jumping jack uh, over the Australian flag gif. Um I was really excited typing that out. Um, but aside from that, really good job punting all day long. Um, so I'm going with uh, Oscar Bradburn for joy. That leaves Foo Crew last, given to the uh, most outstanding offensive player of the week, which National Tight Ends Day goes to the pride of Big Stone Gap, James Mitchell. Only touchdown of the day, came from number 82. 
uh, always, uh, always a fan favorite over there, James Mitchell, through crew. All right, so we're going to move from our awards over to the word of the day. I will start with my word, surprises. A lot of surprises on Saturday. We had Indiana taking care of business in overtimes. We had Pittsburgh getting absolutely demolished at home against Notre Dame. We had Syracuse hang in there with Clemson for a half. We had Miami not blowing out UVA, and that was a a close game down to the end. But really the biggest surprise was for Virginia Tech to just completely lay an egg. Uh, especially on the Wake Forest side of the field and, and to see Hendon Hooker play a bad game. We hadn't seen Hendon Hooker play a game. I was extremely surprised he was not himself. So that is my uh, that is my word of the day. Gray? My word of the day is discipline. The Hokies have to be more disciplined going exactly. forward. Uh, Ten penalties is not a great, not a great look, Bob. Um, and going forward, that will be paramount to our success. I know Coach Fu uh, preaches discipline. He's he. It's one of his core principles. Uh, and I, I just think that, you know, we were a product of, uh, I guess, our environment yesterday. Got a little. It got to our heads and and low energy. Uh, low low energy, energy on the sidelines. Low energy. Uh, just we're in our own heads more focused on self than team and we paid for it. So got to be more disciplined bill word of the day. Let me just, I, I didn't know if this would come up and it did. So I'm just going to address it. Um, out of all the things that you can have qualms with on coaching, um, like you don't coach juice. Like you are a college football player. It doesn't matter who's in the stands. doesn't matter where you're playing. Like your job is to get excited for a football game. And it was visually apparent um, that we weren't locked in early in the football game. And knowing Coach Fuente and how he he would have addressed that, um, I'm sure he was transparent about that, whether it's on the sidelines, whether it's when he brings everybody up right before halftime or at at halftime, I'm sure it was addressed. Um, But we just did not look engaged at all. We looked like we were disinterested. Um, And that's kind of the what we put on the field. Um, so hopefully looking for that to, to turn around more energy, less penalties. That's, that's what it comes down to. You got to be more disciplined. This is an older football team. Now you need to be making that change. I, I went with finishing, uh, discipline was my first choice. Grayson, uh, great pick there. We need to be more disciplined, but also need to finish. Like, you know, you can move the ball up and down the field. You can have 500, 600, 700 yards, but you're putting up 16 points on the board. You know, we've said all year, Hey, if we score 35 or more, like we got to be winning football games. Well, if we score 16 or less, we're going to be losing football games. So got to finish, got to find a way to get in the end zone. Got to find a way to not have depend on Brian Johnson, 50 and 48 yarders to, to stay in a football game. This, this offense is too talented for us not to be putting up points. Got to find a way Uh, finish and execute. I guess I'll, I'll do a bonus where it execute. As we wind down the show, we got letters from the Lunch Pail, from the LP, presented by the JC. John Cranham, Dr. John Cranham, you may know him as one of the best dentists in the world. Yes, Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Head on down. If you're in the Chesapeake Tidewater area, 
stop in, see Dr. Cran, Dr. Caitlin Cran. Uh, they will greet you with a smile as well, and they will make your smile better. I'm telling you, whether it's a teeth bleachery where you can mention Sons of Sat and get 50% off or a cleaning or a, uh, a dental restoration, a lot of fancy stuff. Check it out on the website. Uh, great people and great service at the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Uh, Grayson kicks off with the first one from Grant. Grant Watson, and I quote, so I'm heading to Louisville this Saturday for the game, and I'm concerned because every VT away game I've gone to, the Hokies have lost. Is this the game where the curse is finally broken? Grant, I'm happy for you, man. I'm glad you're going to the game. That's awesome. I'm jealous. I think that's uh, I think that's great. Uh, but to answer your question, to be honest, man, I'm not so sure it is where the streak ends. As I mentioned earlier, Louisville's running game is going to be a serious problem. Next week, we couldn't stop Wake Forest on the ground this week, so I don't full transparency. I don't have a lot of uh, a, a lot of confidence in stopping JV and Hawkins. Grayson, uh, we better beat Louisville. Like we 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 better we better man we better beat Louisville. We better beat them. But but right now, after what I after what I saw this past, I haven't heard I haven't heard negative. I haven't heard. Was was warranted? It's warranted. I get it. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying, y'all y'all watch watch Hawkins tape. Why you go watch him and you say, how does this have to do with Grant Watson going to the game though? He, he said, is this the game where the curse is finally broken? And I'm want, saying, to talk bro, about, I want to talk about a curse. Pat Finn, what is our record right. on road games? Yeah, Listen, well, I have, I, I have this covered in shout outs. We don't need to get into this yet. All right, word. Grant, <laughs> to answer your question in short, man, I, to be honest, I don't know, man. I'm worried about the game. That's the answer in short. I, I, think, I think we'll pull it out, but I'm, 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 I'm more worried than I normally am. There you go. <laughs> so the Richmond Hokey Club says, does Hooker need to sit a quarter or a half? His throws were off target most of the time. The answer to this question is no. Uh, the last thing we need at this point is a quarterback controversy. Again, this is Hennon Hooker's, I think it was his 10th start as a Virginia Tech quarterback. This is the first time he's ever not looked good. That is in- true. Ever. Yeah. Something was up. I don't know what was up. He was running the ball fine. He just couldn't throw it. But I think starting a quarterback controversy after we already had one, if you could call it that, <laughs> is the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, so, no. I No. What, can I just – like, what does sitting someone for a quarter do? I've read so many opinions on, like, what we should do. What does sitting someone for a quarter do? Like, is he going to sit there and, like – get better no like you need him out there you need him taking reps you can't do this quarterback carousel thing you 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 just you can't do it and if you're gonna switch it up and do some do something with a different pace then it's got to be Quincy because the way I look at it Braxton and Hendon have very similar skill sets if you're gonna switch it up then go with Quincy so that's the answer my answer to that question Okie Bird fan page asks, what do you guys think was the reason for all the undisciplined penalties yesterday? We played, we played clean football through the first four games of the year. So yesterday was uncharacteristic to say the least. Hokie Bird fan page, I agree with you. My opinion here, uh, and Bill and Pat, you might disagree. I think we kind of bought into our own hype a little bit. Virginia Tech is most vulnerable when we are being taught 
talked about and the spotlight is shined or shown uh, is shown shown when the spotlight is on us i'll put it okay. that way in our direction we've been in the news recently people are talking about us they're talking about khalil herbert they're talking about hendon hooker we probably rolled into Winston-Salem on Saturday thinking, you know, we're here to dominate the game in every aspect, but simultaneously not thinking, yo, Wake's going to show up to play. They're going to be ready to square up with their heels dug in. This was their home turf. This is a huge I told y'all it wasn't your typical two-and-two two team. Yeah, it's a, tell you guys. It's, it's, it's a, it was a huge game for them, and we weren't winning the game with ease. Our boys got frustrated and had a plethora, 10 of them, careless inexcusable penalties and there's there's no excuse for it there's just there just isn't we have been punched in the mouth one time this year where we responded um that's not necessarily true we got punched in the mouth by duke found a way to win that football game kind of got punched in the mouth by boston college and then they forgot how to secure the football we got punched in the face by north carolina and just kept getting punched in the face by North Carolina. Um, we got punched in the mouth on Sunday, Saturday, and we didn't do anything about it. Um, that's that's what it comes down to. And again, I'll say it again. Got to respond. Got to respond. Uh, Pat, take us home. We got one more. My guy Brett Riddle says, how do we feel about, the, about how the carries were divided up yesterday? 14 for Herbert, 11 for Blackshear, with the bulk of Blackshear's coming in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, see, these are the type of questions that I like I like to hear um, rather than corn sucks or any of that other stuff. Uh, if you want to, like, come and, and ask questions like this, like, I'm not really uh, – I'm not really sure. Again, I think Wake, again, you got to give them their credit. They did such a good job stopping the run where, you know, we really couldn't get Herbert going. I said it on my halftime video deal. Uh, I was really expecting like it's going to happen at some point. Like Herbert's going to get Herbert's going to get in the open field. We're going to make plays, and it never really did. Uh, we never we never were able to establish that run game and get Khalil Herbert going. Again, I've I, I just don't really like the East West thing that we're doing with Raheem Blackshear. Uh, it has not worked. Um, uh, so I'm not really sure. I don't really look into the touches specifically as much as I kind of look at specific drives it, it, those stats can be kind of misleading if you just look at the targets number or you just look at the uh amount of carries number at the end of the game you really have to look at okay what what running back was in the backfield at the time what was the score what was the situation um but i definitely uh kind of was scratching my head a little bit with the Reem black east and west stuff do you think it's it's in the regard that khalil herbert is his strengths are going in between the tackles and Blackshear's more, more so inclined to get more yardage when he's in open space. And uh, since we couldn't get anything going in between the tackles and straight up the gut that we had to revert to going outside. I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think we're really trying to find out like what, like Raheem Blackshear is obviously talented. Uh, we've heard about it from coach all year. I don't really think he's settled in yet. Like, I don't really think we know, where he can fit in. And part of that is Khalil Herbert's just been so effective that we've been giving him the ball a ton. But again, then you look at it, it's like 
people are like, he only had 14 carries. How many carries do you want him to have? Like, are you expecting us to give Khalil Herbert the ball 30 times a game, 25 times a game? You can't do that. That's not possible. Especially when, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't have a bye week this year, do we? I think we we next our bye week. Yeah, lost it. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. It's it's not it, it's a you become even more one dimensional than we than we currently are. Um, but I really think we're just trying to figure out like what can we do with Raheem Blackshear? And to me, it's like if he can bring anything to our passing game and create mismatches in the slot or create mismatches in. The screen game. The screen game is another thing that Tech does really, really well, and Khalil Herbert does really well. Khalil Herbert's a great north and south runner uh, and making adjustments when he needs to. But in the screen game, anytime that he has the ball, that's why I get so frustrated when he fair catches or declines to take out kickoffs. Anytime he can touch the ball, I want him touching the ball. Um, so yeah, I, we just have to find out where we can put Raheem Blackshear to be the most effective because we just, quite frankly, haven't capitalized on it yet. Since you just mentioned kickoffs, I have to say this. What is Jalen Holston doing back on the kick return team? I don't understand why, you know, a Keyshawn King isn't back there or Blackshear isn't back there, but Holston's just a, a big dude who's not going to get you very far on a kickoff return. We saw that. Well, if you look, they have them offset. Um, so typically, Herb, uh, typically Holston is lining up on the five or eight yard line. Uh, and the reason for that is you're identifying, okay, which way is the kicker typically kicking is the kick ending up on the left side of the hash or the right side of the hash. And then you'll, you'll put Herbert on that side and then you're going to use Holston as the lead blocker. And I just being transparent would much rather have Holston being a lead blocker than Keyshawn King um, or Raheem Blackshear from a, I don't want him to get hurt standpoint. Um, valid, so I think, valid like yeah. salad. So I think that I, I think that's really just what it boils down to. You want somebody like Herbert, a big a big dude out there laying blocks, um, and kicking teams will adjust to that, and are probably just kicking it to the opposite side and saying, "Hey, we got an opportunity to get the ball out of Herbert's hands for one more play. Let's kick it to number zero. Well, closing thoughts. Shout outs from Sharkies. Um, if you guys head on over to our Instagram, we actually had. Kate Leeper headed on over to Sharkies and did a taste test review deal of the Sharkies Bloody Marys. She did a great job. So shout out to Kate for going ahead and doing that. Um, really, really awesome content there. Uh, Sharkies is also running a mimosas deal. Uh, so that's exciting. And then um, just shout out to Sharkies. We love Sharkies. Um, have We're good friends go. Where good friends go. So uh, check out Sharkies, 110%. Um, in terms of shout-outs, shout-out to Josh and Patricia. You did the damn thing, tied the knot. Congratulations. Uh, it was great to be around friends, be around family. Um, shout-out to the guys, man. I know you're going to be running a lot, making adjustments. Um, let's put it together on Saturday. And shout out to you guys, man. I can't wait to see you guys in, uh, to see you guys in Charlotte. I'm really excited this upcoming weekend. We're all getting together. Grayson, Pat, and Billy for the first time hanging out uh, or for the second time ever hanging out together in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So really looking forward to seeing you guys. I, I stamped that wholeheartedly, Bill. Uh, I'm ready to get off of this side of the country for, for a couple of days. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to – See you guys for a nice little weekend getaway, a nice long weekend getaway, taking a couple of days off work. I've been working like a dog 
and uh, gonna go and spend some time with the Sons of Saturday. So I, uh, I'm super, super excited to see y'all, man. I really, I really can't wait. I can't believe it's already here. You know, I don't really have any shout outs to give here. Uh, just more so some closing thoughts. Dave Naus and I, we sat in Truist Field. Uh, we were the last two people there on the uh, the East Stands, and it was just just brutal, man. Yesterday was an anomaly. It was up there with like Pittsburgh of a few years ago at the Syracuse game in BC last year, just undisciplined and shooting yourself in the foot and not playing good football. But then you zoom out and you're like, wow, what what you know? What if we had Caleb Farley or uh, Jeremy Webb? Or Devin Hunter or Jaden Payute, and you're just like, oh man, like there's been so many bright spots of this team. But then you're just like, wow, like this could have been a really special year. And then you're just like, oh, the COVID thing, like that's that's a big elephant in the room that has changed a lot of things. So at the end of the day, it's it's fun to go to games. I go to as many games as I can, and um, I'm just happy we're playing ball at the end of the day. I'm 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 you know, I'm gonna support the team, win or lose. I'm not gonna delete my Twitter account over it or you know, freak out or, uh, I mean, they're, they're adults on social media, grown adults, whether they're alumni or have been fans of Virginia tech for 30 years who are just out of line and out of pocket and cannot Can I, handle losing. Cannot. I, dude, you know, what's funny too, is it's how people like, it is so funny when we lost, uh, the funniest part about losing on Saturday is like, Everybody is like, yeah, sons, can't wait to watch you guys spit it on Sunday. Suck it. Suck it. We lost. That's like, dude, yeah, we lost. We're going to talk about it on Sunday. You're still going to listen. Um, but, uh, you know, like, dude, relax, man. Like, what is, what are we doing? Like, I, I've been a tech fan for over 20 years. The whole, like, being really, really, really upset and emotional after losing, that was the elementary school, middle school, and high school phase. Once I got to college and kind of, you know, became a man and became an adult and realized that my, the best thing in my life were my friends and my family and tech football is just icing Talk on the to him, Pat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up on Saturday. I, I'm going to show up to as many games as I can. I'm going to yell as loud as I can. But there's people out there, man. Just get it together. Get it together. All right, it's gonna be okay. The sun's gonna come up. Support the, the sun team. is gonna come up. <laughs> Support the team. And uh, just last note here: um, that was my seventh road loss in a row, dating back to the Florida State game on okay. Labor Day in 2018. Um, I'm banning myself from away games until 2021. Um, but. It's not me. There's there's no curse. There's no good luck charm. This is has nothing to do with me being there. I'm just gonna say that. So um slash, that. It's hard, slash it's hard to get tickets for away games. So don't act like you're doing don't act like you're doing us a favor. Like it's just hard to get tickets. Hey, now. hey, sons of transparency. I had a flight from DCA to Louisville for next weekend. I canceled it when Grayson said he was coming to Charlotte. If we win this weekend, you can thank me. Grant Watson, enjoy the win. <laughs> You can also thank me too for coming to Charlotte, which in turn made you stay at home. So really, it's 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 me. So you're welcome, everybody. If we win next week, <laughs> look, man. Here's a deal. Um, shout outs for me. I'll, I'll tack on a couple more shout outs. The writing has been fantastic from the scribes of Saturday. Uh, great stuff going out there. Um, what else do I have here for you? Oh, I guess I can do this. Um, can we define like the peanut gallery thing? A lot of people are making like peanut gallery jokes. Look, the peanut, ga- if you are net, if you are upset, we lost 
or have like a qualm or are trying to, you know, make some point about what we could do better. That doesn't put you in the peanut gallery. That is not like the negativity, negativity and like sadness and like real problems are not the peanut gallery. The peanut gallery are people who are just, it's like their personality trait to be negative. It's like you eat something and then you lead with like why it's not good. Or you walk into a room or you walk into like, you know, the Sistine Chapel and you're like, oh, is it over 70 degrees in here? It's a little hot. Like you just always <laughs> look at something to be upset about. Um, that's what the peanut gallery is. I'm going to continue to call you out. I'm going to continue to use the emojis. I'm really fired up about the emoji uh, one-two punch that we've come up with. But I just wanted to establish what that peanut gallery is. Um, I also want to shout out, um, man, can you imagine, you know who I'm talking about, the guy that goes in the Sistine Chapel and complains about something, the guy that bites into a, a, a double Whopper from Burger King, which is the best hamburger that you can get and find something wrong with the, uh, find something wrong with it. I mean, no on, free ads. That is <laughs> disgusting. Um, but last shout out here, shout out to Localite, man. I got to tell you, uh, got some of the baseball guys uh, from my class on, some of the football guys too. Um, it's just a really cool initiative. Um, we've actually been talking with them, trying to find a way, um, to make it like a recurring thing. If you're, if you're able to like, just without even thinking about it, put 20 bucks on a Sharky's card and then you turn around and 2021's here and you got 200 bucks loaded up, ready to go. Uh, instead of having to dive into that debit card that specific weekend, I don't know. Could be pretty cool. Um, so be a hit. Good bit, uh, but definitely check out Localite. Use code Sons of Sat upon sign up. If you're a business in Blacksburg interested in getting signing up or know a business that could benefit from this, uh, we legitimately want to help keep these local restaurants and these local businesses that we love open, thriving, um, so that Blacksburg is still Blacksburg. Um, so check out Localite. Shout out to everybody over there working hard to make it happen. Um, please, please let's beat Louisville on Saturday, please. Um, I'll talk to you. We'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Go Go Hokies. Go Hokes.